for you guys at seven o'clock. It's nine o'clock here. It's seven o'clock where Savan is. Are you in the early bird, Seven? I am. It is, I am very early bird. I'm very early bird. Do you like the way he says your name? Do you like the way he says your name? I love Savon? it. There you go. No, you can call me Seven. Go. Seven's good. Seven's good. <laughs> People will be like, hey, sorry I messed up your name. I'll be like, dude, when you have a name like Sevon and you're 49 years old and that's still an issue for you, you have serious problems. You have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Where are you from, Sevon? I was born and raised born in the Bay Area, which is a, a part of California, about 300 miles north of Los Angeles. But Matassian doesn't sound like an English oh, name. Oh, I'm Armenian. My parents, my parents are... Um, oh, okay. Yes. My parents... I'm first generation Armenian in the United States on my dad's side and second generation on my mom's side. Armenia is uh, over there by south of Georgia and north of like Iran, Iran. It's in a tough spot, it's a tough spot. Okay. Very small country in a very, very tough spot. <laughs> so that, it's, a, it's a good thing you're over here now. Uh, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. Way safer, pro- way safer, probably. It's probably, it's safe probably there unless safe you drink there. the water. <laughs> Cedric, in 2017, you made a post on your Instagram showing your first interview ever um, at the CrossFit Games. And um, you mentioned that you didn't really understand what the um, announcer was saying to you, or those were the implications of your post. So you just took a shot, and your English wasn't that good then. Is your English better now? My English is way better. That's why I'm on the podcast right now, I guess. <laughs> I, I, if there's something we say, <clears throat> I don't want you to, and you don't understand it, you just stop us and ask. This is the most, this podcast is your podcast. This podcast would not exist if people like you didn't come on. So you just be like, yo, 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 say that again. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, usually I should be able to understand most of it. Um, back then, obviously, I was... I only learned uh, English via school, like in elementary school, so it was really, really basic. And then I did practice a little bit knowing that I might get an interview over there. So I was kind of ready for it. Actually, I did not understand anything from what the interviewer asked me, and I just answered something randomly. <laughs> um, so yeah, people made fun of me for a couple of years after that. So I had to practice it a lot, and now I'm, I'm way more comfortable to answer questions in English. Let me ask you this question. Maybe I'm wondering if you understand this. Do you understand how attractive your girlfriend is? <laughs> I don't know if that's okay to put down a podcast. <laughs> but she's going to appreciate you saying that, Savan, for sure. If, if ever she knows who you guys are. <laughs> because she's not into cross. She's not into like the cross, the gimmick as much as, as I am. But uh, I do appreciate that, Savan. But she's, yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty, pretty fit, though, pretty, right? She's pretty fit, though, right? Yeah, she made it to original in 2016, and then she made it to, uh, she got second place at Wood the Palooza 2018, I believe, and then she actually tore her labrum at Wood the Palooza last year, and then since then, and with the whole COVID thing, gyms being closed, uh, she couldn't train for months, so her fitness went from like 100 to zero real quick, but we're just starting to build back up. We started like three or four weeks ago to build back up her fitness, so she wants to compete still next year probably. But your fitness didn't go to zero when, when they, whatever they did to your country. I, I have nothing nice to say, so I'll just leave it at that. Your fitness didn't wane. <laughs> it's okay. You can't, it's freedom of speech here, uh, Savannah. But yeah. No, no, no. no um, actually, Cedric, it's not freedom of speech in your country. But go on. No, I Nor- said here as in like in the podcast. 
Oh, okay, yes. No, it's yes, clearly yes. not freedom of speech in my country. No, no, no. And it's not, not freedom of speech in my country in my either. Country. So, I, so I don't mean it to be just a dig at your country. <laughs> no, um, I was able to still train because I would sneak in like illegally in the gym, um, like five times, five times a, day, a week. But you, so Sa- that way I can Sava, keep up you, my fitness. Do you know what happened to him in January? Do you know what happened though? to him in January though? He tore his labor. No, no, no. So that, was in Jim. Ja- that was that January, was in- right, Cedric, where you had that incident with the... That was January, yeah, but I've been like, they've been bugging me for months, but prior and after that. What basically, Yeah, you tell it, you tell it. Yeah, you tell it. So basically, gyms were closed to reduce the spread of COVID-19, right? And it had been closed from... Um, from the Atlas game, which was like mid-March, all the way until two to three weeks ago. So that's like a full like 15 months that gym has been closed. So anyways, obviously I cannot afford to not train for 15 months and still qualify for the CrossFit game. That's just not something. So I had to move down here. But one of the main reasons why I moved down here is because even if I would not spread COVID-19, I would go from my house directly to the gym alone in a 9,000 feet square gym and just come back to my home while seeing nobody, just being alone, um, the police would just knock on my door uh, of the gym that I manage and, and just try to bust open to uh, get me out of there. And then one day I was in contact with CrossFit and the government and the PFAA and I had a bunch of proof of me being a professional athlete, needed this for, uh, for my incomes and I had a letter from um, CrossFit HQ. Bunch of proofs. I'm just all right. Instead of hiding, I just decide to open the door and face the police. And then they they, they pulled me out of the gym. And then I was like kept outside and like in Fahrenheit. It'll be like minus 20 Fahrenheit for like 45 minutes while being in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, so this is what happened. And the reason why Brian for, Brian is bringing this up is because I had a an interview with Morning Chalk up about this uh, earlier this year. Dude, they, uh, oh, I heard it was the second uh, second, was second most second, second read most article. I'm only chalk up this year after the letter that Matt Fraser wrote about why he retired. The comments were nuts too. On Instagram, the amount of comments, it was nuts. <laughs> uh, what city was this that you got, that this happened in? I'm from Gatineau, Quebec. So basically like we have, you guys have states, we have Provence, and then the Provence are making the rules for the whole Provence. And then the same way, I believe each state is different in the United States, each province is different. So I'm in Quebec. And um, what they do, the province uh, government, what they do basically is they look at how many, how many cases they have in one particular city, and then they make specific rules based on, it's like a color-coded rules based on how many cases you have. So like my city, for, the, for most of the whole pandemic, was in red, which is like the six worst. Cases. Complete lockdown. Like, like you had, like you had, you had six cases. Like a raccoon, a raccoon had COVID, so they shut down your province. Well, the, the funny thing is that, uh, so we're, we're 500,000 people in my city. So it's like, I mean, it's not a ghost town, but it's, it's, it's not Atlanta. It's not a big city, but it's not a small city either. 500,000 is quite a bit of people. That's big, yeah. And we just turned green three weeks ago. So now we can open gym. Green zone, you can open gym. We turned green three weeks ago because we had five or less cases a day. None of people dying of testing positive. Five cases a day. That's nothing. That's nobody. And people are so freaked out about the whole COVID thing for five people a day. It's, it's pretty insane. 
Quinn, if you guys want to talk about COVID or you want to talk about CrossFit, man. It's, no, I, it's, my, it's my favorite conversation. It's insane. It, it is absolutely <laughs> yeah. insane. Um, if, if, it, if at all you feel like I'm being rude to you during the podcast, it's because I am, because I have a bias for Taylor Self. I spoke to him last week and fell in love with him, so I apologize for any passive aggressiveness or hostility I, <laughs> well, I throw your way during the podcast. Well, watching all of your podcasts, or a lot of them, I realize you're really passive aggressive. I think I can deal with that. Okay, good. And on behalf of Brian, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, imagine, he's like a... Um, Imagine just a like a, a little boy who's just really into race cars, and then all of a sudden he gets to go into a warehouse with every single one of his favorite race cars that he knows everything about. That's basically I, what I it's like. He's Brian. taking you for a te- he's taking you for a test drive right now. You're like the Ferrari I always wanted to drive that I'll never drive, but Brian like knows everything about you probably, and now you're like a real life character. It's like it's like if comic book characters came to life and Brian could hang out with them. That's what. So on behalf of Brian, I just want to say thank you for. The, the, the same way, the same way you like to pick at your guests, I actually like to pick on Brian for some reason. <laughs> Every oh, time I meet him, amazing? I just like joke with this guy and, and pick on him. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, he's well, it's the one best. of the it's one of the the unique things. Like I realized about a year ago, or maybe in the middle of sanctional seasons, that no one was putting out any projections for the competitions. And I was like, you know, it's great to talk about analysis. We can say, oh, we think this guy's good. We think this girl's good, but. Why isn't why, in, a, in every other sport you'd have odds on a golf tournament or or for race car drivers? So I was like, you know what? I know a lot about these guys. I'll just put out some things and like I didn't I don't ever have a big following or anything like that. But some of the athletes started to notice it, and then some of them would either contact me via Instagram or talk to me at the competitions, and most of their reactions were along the lines of what I wanted. The reason the reason I do that from the athlete's perspective if any athlete sees it my hope is that it motivates them either it motivates them to prove me wrong or it motivates them to prove me right because they want to they want to qualify they want to win and cedric's one of those guys that when you, whenever he sees me he's be like oh seventh place huh well we'll see about that Tom, and he's we'll laughing and that. joking but i also know he's very <laughs> serious about he's it very serious about it <laughs> yeah no, I love it and i was so i was that upset i just i didn't know at the time but then i told you about that um, in vegas but like cornoyer came to me is like did you see that brian friend guy he put us in like six and seven and he's like don't even look at it don't even look at it and, I'm, and sam is super cool too and, and i was like oh man because me and sam won the previous year and this was the same competitor we were going for first and second uh, with adler was there this year so we'd have probably shared with him but um so like it was like there's no way this is gonna happen i need to meet this brian guy but i never had actually this talk with you back then in atlas because of everything that happened but yeah no, it was uh, it was a funny experience, and then since then I've been following you and looking at your at your prediction, and um, I think you're pretty good at it. So uh, keep going at it. He doesn't have any competition. That's why he's so good at it. Let's wait a couple years. Uh, my coach, um, my coach was screaming. He's doing a fantastic job at it. <laughs> he's downstairs. <laughs> uh, Cedric, how tall are you? I'm five nine point seven. So if you okay. run it up, it's five ten. Okay, we'll give you five ten. And how much do you weigh? I am one, I just, I was sick all week, so I lost like six pounds, but usually I'm competing at 191. So, in, in February, on February 20th, 2015, you posted a picture of yourself on Instagram weighing 165 pounds. I mean, granted, yeah, that's, you are, that's, uh, you are when extremely I was doing shredded. Diet. Okay. Man, you've been and scrolling so, my profile a ton. Everything. Well, it's hard, it's hard to look at you when you have all those pictures of your girlfriend. But in six years... 
so you've put on um, 26 pounds. When I started doing CrossFit, I was doing bodybuilding before, and I was 177, and I went okay. back. The highest I've weighed, I think, is 195. So I took like 18 pounds since I've been doing CrossFit. Yeah. And, and, and you were super shredded back then. At, at 165, I was trying to do either zone diet or paleolithic diet, which basically I, I, would, I would train for like five, six hours a day, and I would eat like not even 2,000 calories. So yes, I was really weak and uh, really shred indeed. And how old are you now? How old are you now? Twenty-four. Oh man, you're young. Okay, so that so you were really young back then. Holy cow! So I was you were sixteen on that photo. Okay. So here here we are, um, Brian. How close did he get to not having to do the last chance qualifier? And was he one of your picks to make it without having to use this go this route? I think I projected him seventh. He ended up finishing. No, you had me in the last chance, Brian. I think. I, yeah, which is where you you are. But I think, I, yeah, he was eighth. But the, uh, and he had a fight for that spot because he basically had a bunch of no reps in a in a workout on day one that put him in a deficit for the weekend, and he was climbing his way back the entire time. So the, the answer to your question and, is, and if, where do you have him? You know, he he. I think if not for all those no reps on that first round of thrusters, he might have made it. Like you, you know. I only needed to be a top. If you do the math, I only needed to be a top fifteen in the workout where I finished dead last, thirtieth out of thirty men. I only needed a top fifteen, which was already which was ninety seconds slower than what I did in practice. Wow. Um, what it's were not the issues only the with no the rep no that rep. I got. It's also. When I start to get the no rep, it got in my head, and I start to panic, and then my rep were just not cyclical anymore. I would drop my my bar, talk to my judge. So there's a lot of error on my side as well as what I believe are not justified no reps. But that's another topic. Well, this is what, a, what this were is the a, no reps it, for? What movement? There's thrusters, right? I'm going. Yeah, um, the the no rep were on the thrusters. So like. We were starting with 27 thrusters, and in practice, I would, I would do this workout with, with Jake and Noah, right? And um, Noah was in my eat, and we were in the last eat. And when Noah dropped his bar to get to his rope climb, I was at 12 reps remaining. And the funny thing about this judge is that he was also counting backward. So I would do my first rep, and we'd go 27, and I would be like, wait, what? 27? No, that's, I mean, I have 26 left now. <laughs> and then. I would just be fighting my own demons for the whole workout, trying to figure out. I had no clue at no time how many reps I had in that workout. It was like good rep, no rep, two good reps, two good, two bad reps. It was pretty awful. So how, to is me, that normal, Brian, for them to count backwards? No, and they would they would always count up, and then you know as you have five left, they count down five, four, three, two, one. But the uh, on their fingers, but they still should be vocalizing the numbers getting closer. I think, but. There's two, there's two important things to understand here. One is, and it's a conversation that people are having, is that there are no professional judges in CrossFit yet. The closest thing they have to that are level one seminar staff that work at the games, but they're, not, they're still not being paid to do that uh, salary. Maybe, I don't know if some of them might be flied out there and put up, but most of them, are, there's no salary involved. And at the competitions, even the semifinal, which is a qualifying stage to the games, which is obviously critically important for the athletes, these are mostly volunteer judges. And by mostly, I mean, unless maybe the head judge, but they're not actually 
interacting with athletes in a workout unless there's a controversy. So that's you know a question. That's a bigger question for CrossFit going forward. Do they do they want to have professional judges at the most important competitions? But the second thing is, until they do, and even once they do, this is a lesson. This is something that's going to happen to an athlete at some point in their career, no matter what. And I've seen it happen to athletes in a variety of different circumstances. And sometimes it doesn't cost them much, and sometimes it costs them a, a lot. But how you react to it is critical. And 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 in that workout, there's a better way to handle it, and not. And after the workout, there's a better way to handle it and not. And part of, I think, the development of athletes in this sport is having those experiences, learning from them, and figuring out both as a, as a competitor on the floor and then as a competitor off the floor after, the comp- after that workout ends, what's the right way to handle those, what I would call as unfortunate circumstances. They should reduce the prize, prize money brain. by twenty five percent. They should reduce the prize money by twenty five percent and give that money to the judges. <laughs> no, they shouldn't do that. I'm going to tell you what they should do, actually, <laughs> Stefan, because Thank you. Um, Thank Atlas you. Game tried that actually the year that I was comp- the last year that it actually happened in 2018. They were paying the judge, and that was the first in CrossFit. Um, so what they did is they actually took judges and throughout I don't know if it was two or three months, but somewhere in that range of time. They would, uh, they would need to go to practice, and then the head judge of uh, one of the head judge of CrossFit at the CrossFit game actually was coaching the judge to apply better. And those judges were paid on the day of the competition, not for practice, but on the day of the competition to judge us to better standard. And that was a big, I believe, a big step forward throughout making the sport a little bit more professional. And I feel like the sport has been on for 15 years now. I think we're at the point where, just like any other professional sports, judge are paid. I wonder. I wonder if that's a if that's a valid assumption that if you pay the judges, you'll get better judging. If they if they get a full on training prior to the competition, based specifically on the events we're going to be seeing, yes, at least okay. by by better judging. What I want to mean is that they judge from the same way, right? Sometimes Consistent. you look at the judge and you know, oh, that's an easy judge. And then you know that's a really tough judge, like my truster judge. So why isn't that the same for every athlete in every workout? That's the big problem. Well, Seems in, legit. There's, yeah, Seems there's legit. always going to be an element of human error. But we're, we're zooming out a little bit here and talking about the professionalization of judges. But if we zoom out further than that, I think something that would have to happen before that, and this is a conversation that people are also having now, is there needs to be a clear understanding of the movement standards for this competitive season. So at the start of the year, they need to say, this is the standard for the bar-facing burpee this year. And therefore, they can put their judges through a course so that at every competition that that judge works, they know it's the same standard if bar-facing burpee shows up. And at the same time, the athletes know every time they go to a competition, this is the bar-facing burpee standard for this season. So that there's not a change year-to-year event. Or it could be a change year-to-year. But within the year, event-to-event, the movement standard's the same. That makes it easier for the judges and the athletes less likely to have these points of contention. Cedric, when when the cops came to the gym, how many times had they come before you decided to answer the door? Like, had they come, was that like the 25th 20, day in a row? 20, 20 times. times, I don't know, like a lot of time. Um, and they, sometimes they would come and it would be the cleaner, actually. The cleaner was there and you got a fine for just cleaning your gym alone. Um, and he was, this person was just cleaning the gym because for me and the and the owner, right? So only two person were allowed to train in the gym. Well, the owner is not even training. So he would just like work in his gym, which he's allowed to. 
because he's the owner of the property. But then because I'm not owner, and we look up of like having me buying 1% of the gym, but then there was lawyers involved and that would cost a lot of money too and it was just a pain in the butt. Um, so yeah, basically, they, they probably came 20 times and it was not all, all, all the time me, but they would come, knock, wait, and then a lot of people had sighting of them actually coming over. And when they would knock at the door, would you keep working out or you'd have to stop and like be quiet? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would stop and just hide. God, that sucks. And um, and when they pulled you outside, why did they have to keep you outside for 45 minutes? So, good question. Um, and if you would have read the, the, the Morning Chalk Up article, you would know. It's because actually as I walk outside, okay, I, didn't, I was not expecting, like when I opened the door, I was not expecting... I just wanted to talk to them, right? They could come inside and just talk to me inside. I have nothing to hide here. And then they were like, no, no, you need to come to the police car. I was like, all right. And I just like, I was I never had any kind of interaction with police. Like, do I look like a guy who's having interaction with police? No. So I just walk outside and then the door closed on itself. It was like, oh. and then I was stuck. And then my wallet was inside the gym. So they could not confirm my identity. They asked me a bunch of questions like, when was your last ticket? And I was like, I don't know, 2016, like a speeding ticket. It's been a long time. And it was like, you know, your last one was in 2017. And it would ask me a question. What's the, what's the, the cell phone number in your, um, in your, in our, our system that I had in 2017 when they arrested me? And I was like, I haven't changed my cell phone number since then. So I just give, nope, that's not the cell phone number we have on file. I was like, the cell number you're giving me right now, I've never heard of. I mean, I am Cedric LaPointe. Like, go check my Facebook profile, Instagram, whatever. Like, Google my name. But, like, so they had to wait for my girlfriend, which was at the grocery store, to come on, open the gym, grab my wallet, and then uh, give my identity paper to the, the police. And did you get in trouble? Was there any fine? No. Well, that's good. Were they hostile towards you? Were they nice to you? What was the relate? What was the? They were. They were. They were six police actually, and um, <laughs> so <laughs> I know I'm, I'm such a fit guy. <laughs> I could have run. Um, no, the, the so the, the head of the police or so what it how it works is that it's called a COVID squad, but they have in Quebec. So the the hired new police like young, they're like 20 years old. And the whole, the only thing they do is they, they look up like house to house because you're not allowed to go see your mother, you're not allowed to go see your father, you're not allowed to go, you're not allowed to go to another houses, right? Um, so they go see house to house to make sure there's not like too many cars for the amount of people that is in the car in the house, so that you don't have like parties or my my, my the owner of my gym got fined six thousand dollar because his sister went to his house to do a party birthday party for their daughters of like nine years old. Um, so the squad of COVID goes business to business or houses to houses and arrest people or give fine to people. And the guy that came to my gym, the reason why he was so hostile is he was actually the, the head of the squad. Um, and then he had like a bunch of 20 years old with him. So he had to like show example, I believe. So he was super rude for me and I was so nice to him because I was so stressed and scared to be honest. You know what I mean? How do those people sleep at night? How the fuck do those people sleep at night? Knowing, knowing that it did not like help to not spread COVID-19. I was alone in my gym. I even went inside. I was like, come inside, I'll show you. Um, like, I don't care if you don't have a mandate to come inside. I'm just gonna show you because 
I have nothing to hide. Um, so he came inside, I showed him everything. He looked everywhere, there was nobody hiding. Um, and then it was good to go. Do those guys carry guns? They do. They do. And were they wearing masks? I believe they were, yes. Yes. And did you, did, were you wearing a mask? I was not. Awesome. You're a good dude. Just, th- just think dude. about what he's saying though, Sam. I, mean, I was alone in my gym. Why would I wear a mask? They're coming into, they're coming into a, a building and they're looking tell for me, people that are, think about it. that are hiding. Have you heard this story before? <laughs> because when you say when you say yes. you're, not, you're not alone, he's like, "Are you alone? Yes. Can I go see? You know." And then I, I'm allowed to say I'm legally allowed to say no. You you don't get into the property because they don't have a paper that justifies this. But because I had nothing to hide, I was like, "Yeah, just come inside. Go look." I don't know how people. I don't know how an elected official would think it's okay ever to treat the citizens like that. It's it's so. We could circle. Let's 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 have him on. At, if he makes the games, then we'll have this conversation. Cedric, um, Cedric, go there ahead, was Brian. a no, uh, throw something on top of that. It's just it's vomitous. There was a uh, a clause when they announced the semifinals that said all Canadians and Mexicans will compete in the Atlas Games, and you compete at West Coast Classic. How did you do it? Yes. Okay. You want me to go on that, right? You're not gonna attack me right away. So. So that did a lot of drama, I believe, here as well. Um, <laughs> so basically what happened is that they said, not knowing, this, this got announced after. Wait, wait, not why is knowing, that a big deal? Because he didn't compete in the Atlas Games? Will you explain that a little better? Yeah, so to, you know, to me, if you, when they were seeding, there was a big question about how CrossFit was going to seed the semifinals in North America and Europe. Because in all the other continents, there's only one, so there's no controversy. And they had said in the rule book that they were going to have a fair and equitable way to seed the athletes. Well, we know that that just means fair and fair, and we didn't know what else that meant. There's a lot of gray area and open for interpretation, so people are wondering. Then, and we knew that because of COVID this year, some competitions would be virtual, some would be live. And in the case of North America, three of them were live and one was virtual. In Europe, they were all virtual, so there wasn't, I didn't see any kind of uh, controversy there. But if, you're, if you come out and say, one of these is virtual, three are live, and all Canadians must compete in the virtual one, that's a black and white rule. It says all Canadians. So when I started to see a couple Canadian flags popping up on live competitions, I was like, why is Stephen Jones at the Atlas Games? How come Cedric LaPointe's at West Coast Classic? Why is all Sandra Pacelli listed as Canadian but competing in a live competition in the U.S.? So there was a, there was a conflict there between what the rule book said, which is a rule that was released you know, in the middle of the season, and what was actually happening. So I, d- I kind of tried to find out what was going on in each case, but I would think we should just ask Cedric what happened in his yeah, case. I'll tell you. But I would think we should just ask Cedric what happened in his Yeah. So, because a lot of people, actually Pat and, and, and Brent reached out to me like, how did you do that? Because they wanted to compete at live events too. And it's not that I did nothing wrong. They asked me at, during those time, and then they gave you a, a time period, which was later on the semifinal time period. They said, where are you going to be? What, what's going to be your residency, your address? And then I knew I would come here for training camp. So when they asked me for my residency, I put this address here in Georgia. Atlanta, and so they based your semifinal based on your geolocation, not from where you're from or where you're born, but where you're actually living at the time of the competition you were competing at. So during that time period, 
I stated that I would live in Georgia, which was 100% true. So this is the reason why I competed at the West Coast Classic. So they didn't Seems go based on nationality. Seems fair, makes sense. I well, like here, it. Like so it, here's, the, here's the kind of the question or questionable part, because there's another guy who we already mentioned on the podcast, Samuel Cornwallet, who during the semifinal time was doing a training camp at Mayhem in Tennessee. But he was not able to get into a live competition because he, put, I think he put his address as his Canadian address instead of putting that Tennessee address. And so they classified yeah, him with the yeah, Canadians. Exactly. But for me on the outside, not knowing the difference, I knew that there were other athletes who'd requested because they also had to rank their semifinals one, two, three, four by their preference. And people who had said, <laughs> I want anything other than the virtual competition, Canadian men in, in particular that I've talked to that were not given it. And Cedric was given it and so he just it's, it's like he gamed the system without even trying to game the system <laughs> yeah well it, it sounds fair to me and it sounds like um, Samuel or whatever you said his name is deserves it for telling Cedric not to talk to you so he <laughs> karma he, he got what didn't he say don't talk to Brian because of where he put us in the ranking no, you said, you said don't even look at the ranking. Oh, okay. So, so I, I didn't realize that. So you're in Georgia. Is that is that where the think? Are you in some sort of th training think tank group right now? Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in the training think tank group that's training on site here in preparation for the semifinals. We had like I'd say twelve or more athletes here preparing for semifinal. For some people were there for like three months. Some people were there for two weeks, but. Um, it's a pretty competitive group, and we're having a lot of fun here. It's it's great. Is Travis there? Travis, there? Travis, <laughs> yeah. You need to always say his name during every podcast, right? Uh, Travis is there. Uh, Noah's there right now. Uh, Sandra is there right now, and um, Alexis is there right now. Are they watching you? Did they watch you yesterday? Do the last chance qualifier? Not only watching, there was like probably 30 people screaming at me on the roller yesterday so it was pretty uh, electric when it comes to the atmosphere it was great so, so, you, so you did the first two workouts and, and how do you think you did did you PR your deadlift I only did the first one I'm actually going to do the second one in about two hours um, the deadlift one which doesn't need a big warm up anyways I did I, I think I did fairly well I mean rowing is not my forte but this is a uh, short workout, and I'm pretty explosive athlete, so I can hold, if it's for a short duration of time, I can hold a pretty fast pace. After the workout, Travis and Noah were like, that was really good. And my cycling on dumbbell was really good because I have a background, like I've done a lot of kettlebell classes, so I know how to cycle kettlebell and dumbbell pretty fast. So I believe, I'm, I believe that's going to be good for a rowing test, yes. And you don't want to share your score. Because no one wants to share their score because then it would let other athletes know that they should redo it right now really quick. <laughs> well, I mean, is that live right now? No, but Brian will call his 3,000 no. athletes he talks to. That, he has a, that is, far, that Brian, is so that far from the truth. That is far from the <laughs> good truth. Good question. I, know, I do know what a good score on this workout will end up being, but no, no, I would never, I would never be like, dis... Based on that... Uh, based on Matt, who? No, based on mathematics. Like, what's a good score reps per minute for you? Like, is there, like, like oh, no, is, I, he's I asking, know. is it a good score because someone told you what they got already or because of what you just figured out? I had an idea of what was possible and... Um, the question was for you, Brian. I had an idea of what was... <laughs> I think I 
think I'm, okay, well. How do you think it's possible? I thought that it would be possible to flirt with six minutes on this score for the men on this workout. And, uh, and then I heard from some athletes times and, uh, my, as always, um, I underestimate the athletes. <laughs> there's some, there's some beasts out there. So I was flirting with six minutes too. Do you, do you, do, would, would Noah and Travis, um, tell you the, the truth? Like, are they there? Like if they, if they, if you didn't do as well as they thought you should, would they tell you, Hey, knucklehead, do it again. Um, yeah, I don't know if they would. Um, I, I, although they would tell me like, oh, I think this was not fast enough. They would tell me that, but I don't think they would be disrespectful. They would not go like, dude, that was not good. Go again. Like, no, they would not do that. Um, it, are you recovered from the workout yesterday? Do you feel it when you woke up this morning? Um, yeah, I'm pretty recovered. I don't feel sore at all. I was expecting my leg to be maybe a little heavy. Um, no, I feel pretty good. And when you do the deadlift today, will you go for a PR? I actually did a PR last Monday on my deadlift. Um, I'm going to go for a PR for three for sure. I'm going to pull with everything I have in me. Um, I'm going to probably broke my back <laughs> most likely, but I'll, I'll just go for the, I'll just go for it because it's for the cross the game and it's kind of what I have to go. I saw on Instagram I a think, couple I people. Think four, I mean, I would not do that. It would be six tests, but. Well, that's a good point. The four tests versus the six tests. And the thing that I keep seeing people, people, what? people put on Instagram is that these tests, the way that they're kind of designed is really kind of a, how bad do you want it? You know, there's not much in the way for you guys in terms of skill or they're not that long workouts. You just got to get after it. Um, Sivan, you, you know um, you know D- Dave, right? Pretty well. Uh, the Mexican guy who lives down the street from me, who, who runs the <laughs> yeah, CrossFit Games. Yes, this guy. Um, I wonder if this test, and maybe Brian, maybe you have some insight or some opinion about it. I wonder if this test is based and has been written to test who's the fittest or who's going to be the most ready to go at medicine, because this is not. And you can't argue with me on that. This is not a good fitness test at all. Um, but maybe the reason why these tests have been places there is because they know already the workout that will be at the CrossFit game. And based on those workouts, the, the athletes that do the best in those four specific tests will be the most ready to do uh, to go on the big stage. I wonder. That's a very question. And this is the most that, yeah. also this is also the most biased test I've ever seen. Um, like. Just taking like if you if you're a tall athlete and you have long arm, you'll be better at deadlift, you'll be better at rowing, and you'll be better at legless rope climb. So long like so so okay yeah you'll be a little slower on the burpees, but that's one workout. Three out of four are better for athletes that are longer and have longer limbs, and this is super biased. And there's no gymnastics, which is one of the main modality of CrossFit, and there's no real conditioning. There's no workout what we call delivery workout where we're mainly working the heart muscle there's no workout above 20 minutes it's at home there's no scheduling why we don't have a 30 minutes amrap this weekend it would have been 100 percent possible to make a better fitness test that's why i believe this test is probably written wrote for 
people knowing that these people will go to the CrossFit Games. Maybe we'll have some kind of raw strength, some kind of rowing test at the, at the CrossFit Game or something like this. I, so just to be super clear, are you saying that it would be bad if it was it, – are, are you saying is it good that it's biased? Is it Does it matter that it's biased or is it bad that it's biased? Just if to be super biased, clear. If it's biased because it's biased toward the CrossFit game, that's fine. If the goal was to find the fittest athlete, it's not a good test. So it's not fine. Depends what's the, what's the goal behind the programming. So it can be really good or it can be really bad. I don't know because I'm not in the head of the guy who's running the programming. Right. This is, I'm not this in is, his head either. No one can get into that head. It's too dangerous. But th- this is what we were talking about with Hobart the other day. What did you say, Brian? You, you cut out. <clears throat> this, is, this is part of the conversation we were having with James Hobart the other day. Is the totality of the season used to be very clear because it was all coming from Dave. We had open regionals games. There was a progression to the season, and it was kind of once you saw all of it, it was easier to understand. This year, we're we're still waiting to see the whole picture, and then we can look back and potentially answer some of the questions Cedric asking of if these things are are related to each other or not, and then we'll see how that evolves in year two and three of this system. Cedric, just to play, I don't know, devil's advocate's the right word, but but it is CrossFit. And look at what just happened in the United States in the Olympic in the Olympic trials. That girl was five two, and she won whatever the, the she set the world record or she set the U.S. record for the hundred meter sprint, and that was just unheard of. So, so she also tested positive for it yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't smoke weed. Does, does the CrossFit Games test for smoking weed? I believe so. Yeah, it's WADA testing. So, I mean, um, it's drug-free sports, but it's the same lab as WADA. It's, so, so it's interesting. I hear you. I, I, I'm not pushing back. I'm just throwing in, in more data points. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't. I don't really have a brain that's capable or has the tools of how to think of that. But I hear you. But I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, it can be really good or it can be really bad. I don't know what was the purpose behind the programming. That's, that's the only thing I'm let, bring Let up. me throw this out here, and I'm, this is just a complete just toss in the dark. When I go to my kids' jiu-jitsu class, there's something that they do called sumo. And basically, they make a circle, a giant circle, and then they put two kids in there, and then the kids have to push each other out. And it's like the favorite thing for the parents to watch, that and sparring. So when they do this sumo game, part of me is like, man, do they do this so that we feel like we're getting our money's worth? from doing, for paying for my kids to go to jiu-jitsu because it's not cheap, you know? It's like $400 a month for all my kids to go. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is just like a reward for us parents to watch. And so let me tie that to the deadlift. This, what's cool about this three-rep deadlift, at least for the, for the sport and the fans, is it's going to give CrossFit bragging rights. Someone is going to do something absurd, right? We're going to see some number and everyone's going to be like, what? Yeah, and so, this guy... So, no, yeah. Go ahead. There's one guy called Phil Tune. He's gonna deadlift like 600 pounds for three. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, this guy, By the way, that's a great impressive. name. That's a great that's name, great. Phil Tune. Never heard of that guy, but I got. Me I either. heard at Trinking Tank that this guy can deadlift like a house. So I, th- I think six fifty so or six sixty is his max. And I'm not suggesting Dave works like that. Wow. Um. How, when you look at this group, do you see yourself going to the CrossFit Games, Cedric? When I when I look at the group, or when I look at the test, both. Like now, are, are, are like, do you see yourself going to the CrossFit Games? 
based on all I the data so, points you now have. Brian is telling me some people went like probably in the mid five, so I probably need to redo my workouts today. No, yes, I, I, I do so uh, believe I'm, I'm going to probably go at the end of the weekend. Those are good tests for me. The deadlift's going to be damage control, but then overall, those are those are pretty good tests for me. Did, did do you, you have any my, concerns uh, about doing an interview or talking to people or letting? Go ahead, I think I'm delayed. Do you, do you think my ranking for you is fair this time? <laughs> I think you're cutting, Brent. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? We are waiting for Brian. Now we can. Oh, go go ahead without me if it's cutting out. Brian, I think when you lean forward into your mic, you block your your phone signal. <laughs> Oh, is it better from back here? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It's hilarious. If you stay back, it's better. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I was just uh, asking Cedric if he thought. I, I think I ranked him third for this one, and I thought if he if he thought that was fair or not. I think that was a good. I think that was good. <laughs> but don't you have to I'm be not, talking? I'm going to be honest. I think those are not the best tests for me. Um, because of the deadlifts most likely but I also learned something really valuable from West Coast Classic and this is from not having too much expectation going in a workout prior to it because the two, my two best workout at West Coast Classic were supposed to be the, the handstand push-up and the legless rope climb and those two happened to be my two worst workout um, so you never know what's going to happen on a competition floor um, so I'm keeping my head up and I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be doing the right thing to make it at the end of the weekend who who else is who at the else? training think tank who's doing the last chance qualifier? Alexis Raptis. She's a fierce competitor. Um, she'd done two workouts already yesterday. Went pretty well for her too. So you know what's so crazy? Yeah, like, someone someone, someone sent me a DM. You know what's so crazy? Go ahead, Brian. She's only she's only one year younger than you, right? Ahead, I, think, I think she's twenty three and you're twenty four. She's only one year younger than you, right? But some, but like I think of her as such she's, a young athlete. I think she's twenty two, but she's going thirty twenty three soon. And I think athlete. of her as like a young athlete in the sport. And I think of you, and, and I know you're only twenty four, but I'm like, well, I've known this guy for several years. I've seen how close he's been for a couple of years, and so like twenty four to me, I think of you as a veteran. Twenty three of her, I think of her as a newcomer. Yeah, the perspective that you have on people is different from one to the other. That's for sure. What do you think about seven? What do I think about who? Savan. What does Brian think I'm about me? Brian, what, what, what was the perception of that Brian has on you, Savan? I have a, wow, a very a unique perspective question. on him. I view him as a uh, a young man in body with a, a ton of wisdom and experience. Ah, oh, thank you, Brian. I felt all. T- I felt we are. We are definitely a thing. Um, so yesterday someone DM'd me and they said, hey, you should have Cedric LaPointe on. He's got a great sense of humor. And I took that as kind of like a challenge. I'm like, great sense of humor. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. I'm like, God has appointed me of deciding whether people have a good sense of humor. How dare you? So I, so I called Brian and uh, Matt. And I said, hey, well, I think first I called Brian. I was like, hey, do you know Cedric LaPointe? And he got, you know, just all excited like he does any, like I could say any games athlete's name. So don't let it go to your head, Cedric. He gets all excited. Oh, yeah, he's great. I know him. He's fantastic. He would be great. He's great. And I go, should we have him on the show? He goes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I said, okay. 
So we called the producer of the show, Matt Souza, and we're like, hey, Matt, can you get a hold of Cedric LaPointe? Um, for 7 a.m. tomorrow. And, you know, this is pretty late in the day yesterday. He said, sure, no problem. I was about to go to bed when you guys called me yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. So (laughs) then right there in real time, Matt goes, oh, I see his phone number right here. I'll just call him. I go, fuck it, I'll call him. And so we were all on a three-way chat, and I called, and that's why I called you. And then you answered the phone, and we just just scheduled it up. And I appreciate you answering. But my question is this, two two parts. Um, So, well... First, your your phone your phone number is on your Instagram. I don't know if you want that because you asked us how did you get my phone number, and I said I got it from your ex girlfriend. But that was a lie. I really got it from your Instagram and your profile. Um, when you answer the phone, you answered in French and in English. Is that normal? I think you said like bonjour, hello. I was like, whoa. I mean, that was an unknown unknown number for me, so I just went both languages. I always do that though. I've done that for several years now. You're and usually, if I don't know the number, I don't answer. If I was like California, I was like. I might be crossing HQ. I was like, what's in California? I'm, like, oh, I'm just going to answer. So it was a, a I pretty had that, random lock that I answered that phone, actually. No, after, oh, after that, that would have been great. What if I would have been like, Cedric, like, this is the Dave Castro. Uh, you tested positive. Tested positive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fine, go. No, I had I had that thought last night. I was like, I bet you he answered because no, it's in the middle of the competition. Someone's got a like, California number, and he was like, you never know. Maybe CrossFit is calling me for something. California number, and he was like, Never know. Maybe CrossFit is positive. I believe I believe it was CrossFit when I said a number. That's awesome, um, Brian. We're it's it's about time to let uh, Cedric go. Do you have anything pressing? Any good luck? Any final words you want to say for him? Well, you know, one of the things that was kind of uh, I don't want to say disappointing, but I've noticed in the past couple of years that the men in Canada have gotten really good, and there's you know maybe six to 12 guys that I think can really represent the sport and the country well at the CrossFit Games. And so when I saw the all Canadians have to compete at the Atlas Games, I was like, man, the best they could possibly do is get obviously five guys to qualify through Atlas Games and then maybe two through the last chance qualifier. But I just was curious because I think Cedric's pretty, pretty plugged in there and most of those guys are in that Montreal, Quebec area on the eastern coast as to why why have the Canadian guys all of a sudden gotten so good and if there were the opportunity for you guys to be dispersed amongst the North American uh, fields all four of the North American fields what do you think like is, like is it possible that next year we'll see 10 guys from Canada make the CrossFit Games a quarter of the field I think there's a big gap between the ones that are trying to make it to the CrossFit game and then the rest of the pack. I think we're not quite 10. I think we're probably like six or seven. I mean, yeah, if you had Vigneault this year, that made a really good comeback. Good for him. Um, I think, I don't want to forget nobody, but like if you have like Fikowski, uh, Velner, Adler, Vigneault, Coron, Cornoyer, myself, John Simone, I will make a comeback probably next year. That's eight people. So those are eight people that can for sure, I believe, make it to the CrossFit game. Um, and then you have Nicolas Royale, who's pretty good too, who's, who's been pushing pretty hard for a couple of years. So I, I think it's 100% possible. Obviously, it's, it won't be possible if they keep the same format. But if we have a little bit more of a fair format, which I believe we will, because um, I believe we'll be able to travel uh, next year with no... Um, no problem because of, of the pandemic. I think it's going to be possible to have at least seven or eight people at the CrossFit game, yes. 
Your country is never going to open. You realize that, right, Cedric? I'm not even joking. You guys have a you guys have a plan implemented with no exit strategy. So does the UK, and so does Australia. You've you guys have locked yeah, the, the doors. And it, it, it's it's completely insane. It, it, there's no exit strategy. They're either going to have to lie to you and backpedal, or you will never open again. You should never go back to your country. I don't know if it's better in the United States, but 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 I, I know the police officers here, uh, most of them, at least in, in my area, would never enforce some shit like that. They'd be like, fuck you. I think the worst is, for myself personally, is not what the government is doing by itself. Like, yeah, yes, it is bad, but, but I don't care about it. You know, I don't care about politics. What's the worst is that this government is actually like indirectly brainwashing everybody right now and it's yes. the way that this and way of thinking affect people like surrounding me my family my friend this is what's bothering me most then like the government can do whatever they want as long as like i don't believe in what they're saying and i don't care about it and it doesn't affect me but then when it starts to affect people in my family and then i cannot see my family not because i don't want to but because they actually scare of seeing other people because they believe COVID is spreading like this and they're going to die from it at 25 years old. Um, it, th- this is what makes me sad and, and Very upset well said. at the same time. Yep, same here. You said it perfectly. It's like, say what you want, but stop brainwashing people. Like, Or if you try to brainwash people, what's, what's affecting me is that it works. Yes, yeah. right. This is what affects me the most, I'd say. It's weird to see it work, right? It's so weird to see it work. Like when it's not working on you and it's working on the guy next to you. It's like watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon. You know, like when he gets hypnotized and he like floats away. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This and is, and this. usually, usually, Savan, I'm, I'm from like the political left. So usually I would be like for like science, for advancing the society, for vaccine. I would be all for this usually. But I can Me see too. everything that's been doing wrong and that particular case is that this is what makes me flip more to the right side um, politic for this particular case when it comes to the pandemic. So it's, it's really, it's a scary world we're living in, in, uh, in Canada and Australia particularly. And I'm seeing how everything is open here. And it's, I mean, you're in the US, <laughs> you have no idea how it is in Canada. People like are actually scared of like being close to each other and i was in vegas and everybody was, was talking to everybody and it was great and uh I, I was really missing that i've been missing that for months now yeah I, i'm yeah, in the same I, boat I, you're in i am a dirt twirling tie-dye wearing hippie in my core but in this particular incident i i these, this group has lost has lost their this cohort that i was with has completely lost their fucking mind and they're weird and they're angry and they're violent and they're Everything that they've stood for, or I've made the assumption that, that that political party has stood for forever, has been completely abandoned. It's it's um, it's it's sad to see this. It's sad. It's sad. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for having me, guys. It was, oh, it was a blast. Well, 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 one final thought. So we mentioned. Thought. So Brian, when you asked that question, is it the same with the women? That's what I wanted to follow up with before we got distracted. Um, is it the same for the women? Are the are the women climbing or being as dominant as the men in Canada? I, I don't think I don't think there's as many of them that can have as big an influence on the, like on the leaderboard at the games. I think there's maybe. Um, well, Caroline Reason Thibault is out this year. I like Carolyn Prevo and Emily Rolfe. 
Um, and then there's some young girls coming up, like Sydney Michaelish, who's made the games, Annika Greer, who's fighting to make it this year. So I do think there's some younger girls in the Canadian side that are making a push, but I'd say they're like two to three years away from being where the men from Canada are at right now. All right. Uh, Cedric, will you um, squeeze Travis when you see him inappropriately long and tell him it's from me? I'll do that. I go to the gym right away. He's going to be training. Uh, they're, okay, they'll be perfect. training savage, like for hours and hours every day. So he'll for sure be there. And I would recommend, I would, if I were you, I'm no doctor, but I would get a like a, a small cup or a test tube and just run it up Travis's back while he's working out and get some of that sweat and drink it before your next workout. If you, I mean, before, if you, before if you, the deadlift, I might need that for sure. Just yeah, the, the, the dad strength. If you want to qualify. Hey, I resent the fact that I was watching a podcast the other day and someone referred to him as having a dad bod or not a body that looks like it goes. He's got an amazing body. What the fuck are those guys talking about? Doesn't Travis have an amazing body? Yeah. I mean, he's pretty wide and he's he's really strong, um, but he's not really thick. But he has so an like, attractive body. Velder, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like a – he has an attractive body. He's all lean and, yeah, he's wide and, he, I mean, he looks if good. Look like, he looks Velder, good in bathing suit. He's a man, like, he's thick. If you look at Fraser, he's thick. If you look at Olsen, he's thick. Me and Travis were a bit more flat. Um, and Travis like can bench press. Swirls. Swirls. <laughs> sure, if you want to. But, no, he's, he looks really fit, and he's he's really fit, and he's really strong. Um, so, for, like, for his body weight, I think he's probably pound for pound one of the strongest uh, athletes out there. He's putting on some massive uh, numbers. Especially this year, we start to do more, having a bit more of a big focus on weightlifting. His strength has just been expon- exponentially, exponentially stronger. That's good enough. That's good enough. Since we're judging people's bodies, where if, if, if Pat Vellner is a gorilla and you and Travis are swimmers, what, what, what's Noah? Noah would be like a baby gorilla. Baby gorilla, all right. He's we'll go thick, with that. but he's, he's smaller, but he's thicker. And his limbs are so short. Like, his arms are so short that it looks so big, and his quads are so short that they look so big. Um, I'd say Noah is probably the best shape uh, of CrossFit. Um, I mean, no homo there, but Noah looks really good. Um, you can go homo. It's a, we're, we're, we do it all here. We do it all. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against them either, but... No, uh, I think I think Noah is really well built for the sport of CrossFit as well. I love it that you said he has short limbs. That's great. That's gotta hurt. That would that would that would hurt me if someone said that about me. That's good. 